Welcome to the St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows podcast channel. The sermon you are about to hear is from our worship service on May 1st, 2022. For more information about the community and ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you can visit our website, smlutheran.org. There, you'll find the full online worship service from which this sermon is taken. And if you would like to give gifts to support the ministries of St. Mark's Lutheran Church by the Narrows, you'll find information on how to do that there as well. And now, here's Pastor Hallie Perkins with the Gospel reading. The Holy Gospel according to John, the 21st chapter. After this, Jesus again revealed himself to his disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he revealed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two more of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I am going fishing. They said to him, we will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Now when the morning had dawned, There stood Jesus on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. So Jesus called to them, Boys, you have not caught any fish, have you? They called back to him, No. He said to them, Cast your net to the right side of the boat, and you will catch some. So they cast it there, and then they were not able to haul in the net because of the large number of fish. Then that disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he tucked in his outer garment, for he was wearing nothing underneath, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came with the boat, pulling the net full of fish, for they were not far from land, no more than a hundred yards. When they had come ashore, they saw a charcoal fire ready with fish lying in it and bread, Jesus said to them, bring some of the fish that you have just caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net ashore full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, come and have breakfast. Now, none of the disciples ventured to ask him, who are you? For they already knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took bread and gave it to them and the fish as well. This was now the third time that Jesus was revealed to his disciples after he had been raised from the dead. When they had finished breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these others do? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my lambs. He said to him again, a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, look after my sheep. He said to him the third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was distressed that Jesus had asked him for the third time, do you love me? He said to him, Lord, you know everything. You know that I love you. Jesus said to him, take care of my sheep. I tell you the solemn truth. When you were young, you used to fasten on your clothes and go wherever you wanted. 
but when you grow old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will fasten on your clothes and take you where you do not want to go. Now he said this to indicate by what kind of death Peter would glorify God. And after saying this, he told him, follow me. The gospel of the Lord. Important conversations happen around campfires. They're places of connection, in my experience, of deep conversation. And sometimes they're also places where meals are made and enjoyed in the company of friends. Hard conversations also happen around campfires too. And this particular kind of fire, a charcoal fire, pulls me back to another story in the Gospel of John around another charcoal fire. And in this circumstance, in this story, people approach Peter and ask him if he knows Jesus. Three times Peter says he does not, until finally someone asks him, are you a follower of Jesus? And he answers them, I am not. And it's almost like taking this whole life he's had as a follower of Jesus and dropping it and watching it break into a dozen pieces. You might be familiar with the Japanese practice of putting together these pieces back uh, with lacquer of gold or epoxy with gold. And this technique is close to 400 years old. All the flaws and imperfections show forth in the repair of a piece of pottery. And they're even highlighted and gleaming. The break is very visible. And instead of trying to make it new or what it once was and hide the break as seamlessly as possible, this technique shows forth the break as part of the wholeness of this piece. Through the brokenness, God creates something just as beautiful as the original piece, but it's so much more unique than it once was. The lines tell a story of resiliency and care. And it's possible in this way to piece something back together in a way that hides the break and camouflages the damage that took place. But the seams of the break are clear in this form of repairing the pottery with gold. And the fractures are even emphasized in obvious and beautiful ways. I like to think about it almost as gold veins that piece together the pottery shards again. God returns to us in this love and the risen Christ in this story with the wounds on his hands. And Thomas asked to touch them, to physically put his hands on Jesus and feel the marks of his body that remain almost a sign of the violence that caused his death. And some think of these wounds as scars that have healed over on his body, a physical reminder that we are given life from a wounded healer, palm open. One disciple traced those broken places on Jesus's body. And still another disciple in our story traces the broken places that have been broken because of fear or his denial. And for us, we might imagine those as the very worst we could possibly remember. And we trace the healing along the seams of this story that repair the broken places so we're able to see that repair. We trace them today in our story after Peter has denied and then responds to Jesus's questions and holding that place of hurt in relationship. We don't gloss over it or put it on a pedestal or ask him to confess his sins publicly and tragically. It's painful again, but not in the ways that break apart uh, what has happened. The pain is remembering for Peter, again in the presence and conversation of the one he loves and continues to love Peter, what has happened. It's a small detail, this hurt in this story, and it's important. 
It's a place where we remember the exact thing we wish maybe we could forget. It's a place where our humiliation or embarrassment or the harm that we have done is palpable again. And there's no room for self-deception or pretending a righteous cause is more than a tragic folly. Certainly no room to protect ourselves from the truth of what has harmed and continues to harm. And we trace the healing in this story with disciples who after all of this, who after even seeing the resurrected Jesus appear to them and have touched the wounds of Christ, still have doubts and questions. And they move through life with those doubts and questions. Today is one small illustration of some skepticism or distrust when they go out fishing again and catch nothing. They can't possibly see all the fish teeming beyond, below the surface, all the potential that there is in their vocation as followers of Christ. And we trace the healing of God in our own personal hurts, where we know the breaks that happen in our relationships, in our lives, and in places we might not want to name, not want to see so clearly. And I think we're tracing now the healing of God in our community, especially in this time and place that has revealed the raw edges for us in a world that has broken all the terribly broken edges or people and systems and communities and this environment are fractured. And in the repair and the wholeness that God brings to us, we are fed first. The disciples are fed literally on the beach, fed by noticing and trusting the abundance of the catch that outnumbers any day, any good day out fishing. And they're fed literally in breakfast that Jesus prepares, fish already ready on the beach. Uh, in the loaves that are ready, and bread broken again, and shared together in another meal. They are fed by the love of God in a relationship that continues to nourish and heal and bring life, especially to Peter. Through being fed, we are then sent to feed and to tend and to care for the people God loves. Three times feed my sheep. Uh, comes to us through Jesus, three times again, always out of that response of love. Jesus reminds us and asks us that loving question. And in response, Peter always says, you know I love you. We are held always in the love of God, asked after painful, painful moments, do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me by God? And this story in our relationship with God, we are defined by who we are because of who we love. I am because of the love of God, and I am because I love God. I am because I love Jesus. We are because we love God and we love Jesus. And this defines us and sends us and reminds us that we are fed and loved and nourished and called to tend and care. But well, thanks for all of these good things. Amen.